I gotta say, the progression of this podcast has been a lot like the progression of my prayer life and spiritual life in general. And (laughs) I think most so in the aspect, and I know I've talked towards the beginning seasons and episodes of this the birthing episodes the very beginning episodes I would say stuff like it wasn't until I understood that I didn't understand that I began to understand things and it's very much true and become more true because in the understanding of the fact that I don't understand the more I begin to understand things I guess it's a humbling type of I don't want to even say a circle, but I say that with the podcast because it's very often that I think I know what I'm about to talk about. May even got something fresh right before something inspiring in my prayer time, not even from anything else in my prayer time. Something that ministered to me, a revelation that ministered to me. And it's not that I never make episodes about that. And a lot of those episodes, you know. Maybe if I do ever record them, I would release alongside the one that is meant for the moment. But even for me to get the motivation to record while I'm out here, I'm finally out here in New Bern. Uh, Really quick update before I even pick up where I was at. Uh, Had Bojangles. It wasn't bad, but uh, I would not. I wish I did not mention in and out and Bojangles in the same sentence, same 30 seconds, same minute. (laughs) because they're not the same, but I will give it to them. They should be happy. They have a Bojangles like they have McDonald's and other places because it is better than McDonald's, but it was nothing to write home about. It was, it was good, but it wasn't, (laughs) shouldn't have gotten that excited about it, but I tried something new. So, you know, it's kind of new, you know, I guess fried food (laughs) isn't necessarily foreign, but (laughs) like I said, it wasn't bad, but Like I said, I think I got a little too excited at the end of the episode, but I think I'm more excited just to be in a different area to where I could just get a different perspective to get out of the environment that I'm used to. And it was not a part of the plan for the summer at all, but this is just where I ended up. But yes, like I was saying earlier, I know I just went on a mini tangent, but I think I just had to put that out there for the people who listened to the very end of the last episode that was out. So this is a couple weeks later. And this one is a lot more fresh than that one, this episode when it comes out. But yeah, like I was saying with this podcast, a lot of times I think I know what I'm talking about and I think I know what I'm going to talk about. And then when it's time, it's just like, nah, you you're going to talk about something different every I don't want to say every time because it's not every time. But and it's like I said, it's not even the fact that I will never talk about that revelation or never talk about the thing that. I desire to talk about or the thing that I thought I was going to talk about because I got it from God in prayer very recently. Like I said, even for this episode, I had something completely different, which was a fresh thing that got me to set up this microphone, to set up this stuff, to set up this makeshift studio at my grandma's house in North Carolina. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, for this episode, I'm going in a different direction than what I thought. And the, like I said, it was not necessarily what I planned to talk about. 
I had episodes that I planned to talk about. Now I still do plan to talk about talking about the revelation I've had about peace. I plan to talk about Thanksgiving and the revelation I just got about that today and the things that I've learned to become thankful about. <laughs> and then I flipped my two Bibles open to what I, I didn't necessarily even feel to speak on it. I just flipped my Bibles open. I have two different ones open and I didn't necessarily plan on talking about this, but I felt led to talk about it as soon as I opened it. And the topic of today is very counter what I plan to talk about. And I know this episode, this season has been very purging oriented, very correction oriented, even for me, like this very much applies to me. Like there's even times where I've even felt like a hypocrite, even talking about some of the stuff, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't speak the truth. And Yes. So like I said, I felt like I was going to talk about peace, you know, and even things that break peace, but things about peace thought I was going to talk about Thanksgiving today, you know, just came out of prayer with some things to say about Thanksgiving, had some things I want to talk about with goodness, you know, just to maybe make some things a little more optimistic and positive, but that's not the word for today. And like a lot of the other episodes it's even if it's only for one person, you know, it's always for me and it's always good to hear what the Bible has to say more than what I have to say. And most of this podcast is me reading the Bible and then just talking no notes, even a lot of the times this season. Sometimes, you know, I've had notes in the other seasons, but it's become less and less and more. So what, what what's the word for today? But yeah, this episode, we're going to be talking about a principle of destruction very much different than what I planned to talk about but that's just what I felt like when I opened these two scriptures and I got my two bibles here the KJV bible and I also have I really like this translation it's the Brenton Septuagint bible it also includes the apocrypha I'm not even going to get into that I haven't really read much of it I've read a little bit of it in the past just for fun Uh, and I'm not even like I said I'm not co-signing any of that i don't haven't studied it enough to say anything about that but i'm just talking about the old testament and part of the reason why i even got this was from my studies and prayers and stuff like that and the way that things are written and some of the things that are written in this transcript not only for historical reasons but even as i've read you know it's given more revelation. It's not, it's really not that much different than the KJV old Testament, but the way some things are worded are slightly different, not even to change the definition, because like I said, a lot of the stuff, it really says the same thing. But then when I go back and even read it in the KJV, it still makes more sense because it says in just slight enough of a different way in some areas. Um, but yeah, like I said, me even getting this came from prayer and from studying history and not just going with the mainstream narrative narrative of stuff, but really looking and diving deep. So I don't want to go too far off topic. I've spent seven minutes rambling and not getting to the topic, but I do recommend getting that, uh, Britain Septuagint. You can get it on Amazon. It's about, I don't remember if it's 20, between 25 and 45, but it was a very good investment and I really enjoy it. It also has the Greek by the side of it. I do not know any Greek I mean, I know some Greek words just because I've studied the Greek transcript in the New Testament, but this is for the Old Testament. It only has the Old Testament, so it's not going to have the New Testament in this thing. So I have 
all the Psalms I'm going to be reading are going to be from the Septuagint. And then all the other passage I have today is going to be from the KJV. So, you know, as I begin to read, you'll notice that it's very much almost the same. So before I get started with this episode for real and stop rambling, I would like to open up with prayer and just pray for God's will to be done in this podcast, especially since this had no planning and this is very much different than what I plan to talk about because I've talked a lot about destruction, but I didn't plan on talking about it today. And I've really been getting my mind off that. One of the most peaceful words, and this is the last thing I'm going to say before I get into this podcast, but one of the most peaceful words I've gotten in prayer as I've looked, seen things come to pass, seeing things in my own personal life come to pass that I knew were going to happen. But, and the thing is, the good thing is when you're prepared for something, it's not so shocking, but it doesn't take away the blow, the shock of the impact of the different events that come to pass. But one of the most peaceful words and the best words that I've gotten in prayer recently was, and this might sound dumb, but like just as I've even done stuff in my major and seen the stuff that I thought was real and I knew it was real and the things I've heard that people don't like because it's not a popular opinion or it just sounds too far fetched. I've gone to companies where they've affirmed like, this is where we're headed. This is where we're headed as the world. This is where we're headed with technology. This is where we're headed with this and that. And it's really not good, but you know, I've been looking at this for a long time. I've gone to the places where they're doing it, where they said, yes, this is exactly what we're doing. No matter what people think about it, this is what they're going to do. But it's been, it's very easy, you know, to go into a state, you know, not even always about fear because it's not even about being afraid, but just being, I think for me, it was more angry because, you know, I talk about some stuff, not, not even some deep stuff, like just the stuff that is for sure fact that I've seen in person and people know some, a lot of people know, and it's just the lack of any urgency, the lack of any concern in the sense of, you know, I know this is what this is, but I don't care in the sense of not worrying, but I'm still going to do me and let this blizzard hit me anyway without getting a coat or nothing. That's the type of stuff I'm talking about. No preparation, not necessarily worry. We should not worry. But, you know, as I pray, you know, for me, getting myself ready for whatever comes in my life and anything else. But two, like I said, the thing, it, it was very funny the way it came to me was, you know, along with some other stuff, but the funniest word, I think, and I've told some other people and they've laughed about it too. Very few people. But, you know, the thing I kind of heard at prayer was, you know, I could still destroy the world and give you your dreams. And, and in that sense is I don't really have that big of dreams in the sense of, you know, I've used to be very materialistic. I mean, when I say I used to be, I became very materialistic. I was not always that way. I became very, you know, much like what they, the, the world wants us to be you know, or projects at us, even within the church. And it's not necessarily sinful stuff. Like I said, just the vanity. And I preach a lot against vanity on this podcast. And it's not that you can't enjoy vanity. Ecclesiastes talks about enjoy your vanity. As long as it's not idolatry and it's not sin against God, there's not everything. It's about sin and being demonic or anything like that. So, but it's very important that we do identify the things that are, but like I said, 
it was very funny how it came to me. I could destroy the world and still give you the dreams because the Bible says he will give you the desires of your heart. But a wise man sees danger and prepares for it. And a wise man also could receive rebukes. And I've had to receive some of those, even the ones that didn't make sense, even from people who I knew were in the wrong 100%. And I still had to receive the truth from them too. And it just, it brings you to a humbling place. And, you know, that might be something else that might be coming out of this podcast. But like I said, I don't really know exactly everything that's coming out of this. I know I've read these scriptures many times before. But let me open up with prayer and then we're going to dive in. So if you haven't had your goggles on, you probably drowned it at this point. (laughs) But put on your scuba diving gear because we're about to dive deep right now. But let us pray. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you provided for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would just give revelation, that you would just lead us and guide us, that you would give us the ears of the learn, the tongue of the learn, Lord, that you would pour out of your spirit, Lord, your wisdom, your understanding, your counsel, your might, the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, that you would cleanse us and that you would lead us in your path of godliness, that you would teach us about your peace and that you would teach us about the severity about God, the severity about who you are, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in all of your ways, that you would give us understanding in all your ways to cleave to that which is good and to depart from that which is evil. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a revelation of destruction and a revelation of your creation, a revelation of how you can use different things, a revelation about brokenness, a revelation about all the different things that you do and the way that you do it and how to trust you through all of it. I pray, Lord, that you would increase the intensity of the light that you've placed within us. I pray, Lord, that you would increase the intensity of the light of your commandment, the light and lamp of your laws and your statutes. I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in your perfect way and through your grace, because it's not by what we do, but heeding and yielding to the one who enables us. It's through your mighty power working within us. So I pray, Lord, that you would increase that strength in the inner man so that we can heed it and that we would obey it and that we would do it so willingly and cheerfully in Jesus mighty name I pray amen so the first scripture I have here is Psalm 59 and it says the following uh, starting with verse 1 for the end destroy not by David for a memorial when Saul sent and watched his house to kill him Deliver me from mine enemies, O God, and ransom me from those that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. For behold, they have hunted after my soul. Violent men have set upon me. Neither is it my iniquity nor my sin, O Lord. Without iniquity, I ran and directed my course aright. Awake to help me and behold, and thou, Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel, draw nigh to visit all the heathen. Pity not any that work iniquity, Pauls or Selah. They shall return at evening and hunger like a dog and go round about the city. Behold, they shall utter a voice and their mouth with their mouth and a sword is in their lips for who say they has heard but thou lord wilt laugh them to scorn 
thou wilt utterly set at naught the heathen. I will keep my strength looking to thee, for thou, O God, art my helper. As for me, my God, his mercy shall go before me. My God will shew me vengeance on my enemies. Let me pause right there. One thing that I think it's funny that as I've heard preached, and I've heard it preached different ways, but people act as if our God is not a just God. Like judgment in the Bible has never been a bad thing. It's always been righteous judgment. And I'm going to continue on in this episode, but I know one thing that's been hard for me recently is I'd hear words and I would hear the definition or the intention behind it. And knowing what the true meaning of the word is, you know, it was hard for me to see that because I know the way people use this and twist different words. For example, one word would be balance and people would say we need a balance, but you're not using the right things to balance. The Bible says an unjust balance an unjust judgment is an abomination to the Lord. And that's the thing I had to realize is there's different things that are abominations to God that set bad omens. As I talked about, that's what abominations really are. Not just things God hates, but certain things set a bad course for you. It becomes a curse is what it becomes. So it's very important, you know, to understand that judgment is a good thing. And many times when you read the Psalms of David and you read throughout the Bible, it talks about even things like judge the fatherless, judge this person, judge this person. I mean, God's original form of leadership for Israel were judges before Kings. Judgment is God's principal way of ruling. Judging is God's principal way of doing things. And he judges first. Well, he firstly judges the things that you do, but he also judges based off the integrity and the intention of your heart. That's why it says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. It divides between the heart and its intents. It judges, you know, it splits between a lot of different things. It judges. That is what the sword, the word does, which is Jesus, the judge. That's what our God is. He's always been that when we come before his throne, it's still a judgment seat. And at the end, we're going to see judgment. And even now we are walking out judgments. And the thing is, if you have integrity, that's what David would always talk about. Judge me according to my integrity. Even when I did the wrong thing, judge me according to my integrity. Have mercy upon me, admitting that he's wrong because he has integrity. The judgment is not bad and the chastening, even if it's something that he doesn't like. And even if it's something that you don't like and even something that you deserve, it's still not going to be to your destruction. And that's why it's very important that he always said mercy and truth. All the ways of the Lord are mercy and truth. The in Proverbs, it talked about let mercy and truth be bound to your neck. Remember, the anointing breaks the yoke, the yoke that came from the enemy. But Jesus still has a yoke. Jesus still has a burden, but his burden is not a wicked burden. It's not toilsome. It is not burdensome, but his burden is light. His yoke is easy. If you are led by mercy and truth. You do not neglect the truth, but you're merciful in the sense that I may not struggle with this thing, but I may have family that would, or, you know, maybe I don't right now, but what if I was there, you know, because one thing I've learned and learned over and over again, and especially in certain big areas of my life, which I'm 
haven't talked about much yet, but hopefully within the next few years, I'll be able to open up more about some of the stuff. But, you know, there's certain things you never want to say, you know, never with stuff because you never know how deep you can go into things. You'll never know how bad things can you can be. You don't even know how evil you can be. And that's one thing we have to learn to be humble and to repent, allow God to change us. Because if you think you're good and I'll never do that for one, you know, maybe you won't never do that. But God will let it happen to your children. He'll let it happen to your brother or sister. He'll let it happen to your mother and father to where you're, you have to be humble and learn mercy in that area or don't or don't. But it's going to still affect your life. But many times he'll let you go through that thing. And then you'll realize, oh, I needed mercy too. not just the truth, but mercy too. we need mercy and truth. And that's what all the ways of the Lord are. And that's the yoke, the th way that he tugs at us, the way that he uses us. It's always truth. We're not going to neglect the truth. It doesn't neglect judgment. And it even says the saints execute judgment. We don't determine the judgment and we do have judgment. And the Bible doesn't necessarily say don't judge. You know, that's not what the Bible says. In both of the areas where it said judge not in the New Testament, the one scripture that people like to use is the only scripture. It's talking about not being a hypocrite. What is it going to getting the beam out of your eye? The What does the Bible say in Psalm 19? The commandment of the Lord enlightens the eyes. So you're not going to have just judgment if you're not being obedient yourself. So it's very important that we are obedient and that we have vision. We can only get that through following his commandments. His commandment is a light to our feet. His laws are a lamp into our paths. So those lamps in the revelation, increasing the intensity. I got that from aroma Osai, so I did not make that up. But in these times, we need to increase the intensity of following God and understanding, getting enlightenment and revelation and what it means in the Bible from cover to cover, not just the quote unquote New Testament, which is not even necessarily mean what people think it means, because the Bible doesn't call the New Testament. The New Testament is Jesus. It's not about a time period, but I'm not going to go too deep into that. So, like I said, show vengeance. God will execute judgment, even if it is to the destruction of an enemy. And he will you know, even repay you according to your works. God will not be mocked. And it's very important that we understand that. And the thing is, we don't even necessarily need to, and you know, some people will pray, you know, don't ever pray for vengeance. Don't ever pray for justice. No, God said he's going to hear the cries for justice when there's a place for unjust and when there's a place of false peace. So it's very important that we continue to pray for justice it's very important that we always pray for the right thing to be done even with mercy you know i'm not saying you know you wish the word the thing is god determines the judgment and when we praise him we just execute it that's what psalm 149 says that's what other parts of the bible say like psalm 50 so it's very important that we stop being theological which is just the man's logic about god leaning on our own understanding and because the things about theology are very obvious, but most of those theological topics, one thing most people don't know is, I mean, even some translations of the Bible are written by known occultists. The people who created all the systematic theology at the root of it, a lot of it is based off of the cult, was infiltrated and instituted by the cult. And even then, Jesus said the foolishness of man 
The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. And many times the way God does things is going to appear foolish to the world and people with worldly mindsets. Jesus often used people who were ignorant to the world, not ignorant in God, not ignoring his commandments, not being blind to his commandments, but people who were ignorant to the world and its ordinances and its commandments and its regulations and its trends and fads. Ignorant to that living under a rock. People who weren't necessarily educated according to the world standards. Those are the people that God used to likes to use because he gets the most glory out of them. Not that he can't use a learned man. That's not what I'm saying there. But it's very important that we understand it. And two, it's very important to understand what God sees as foolishness. So far, what I've read in this psalm alone, talking about the men with bloody hands, Proverbs. You remember the two things I've been talking about. And I'm going to go even more in depth. But the themes of these two predominant spirits that lead to the same destruction, the same disobedience. But there's two kind of faces to it. And I've talked about that ignorance and want that wickedness and foolishness. And right here we see foolishness and God getting ready to judge foolishness based off of the prayer in the Psalm of David. The foolishness, the way that's even Proverbs one opens up talking about foolishness, which is always motivated by greed, motivated by lust, motivated by a person's selfishness that caused bloodthirstiness and unjust bloodshed. That's what Proverbs chapter one goes and describes a fool. A fool is not necessarily someone that's stupid. A fool is someone whose motivations are wrong and it brings the destruction of God. It brings the judgment of God and God does not wink at it. He will not wink at it forever. And it just treasures up wrath. That's what the ways of disobedience does. It doesn't necessarily always come immediately, but it treasures up until the day of visitation and judgment. So it's very important that we do not continue to walk in our ignorance, even though we do not see the results right away. So, yeah, like I said, so far we've seen he's praying against foolishness and he's praying that God would release what he promised he released in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. There's no need to lighten the blow. God's vengeance is part of his judgment and it will always be just whether it be merciful or not merciful. That's up to God. That's not up to us to decide. I know. And I'm, <laughs> I haven't even barely finished one chapter of the, the stuff I've talked about. And there's already so much coming to me, but I know this times where even, and I'm, I know my dad has talked about it very seldomly, but my dad would pray like, Hey, this person, this person, especially, you know, maybe in some different work scenarios, like God, like get me out of this situation. Like this person's tripping and you know it, like this person is doing this and that. And there's people who got sick, passed away, blah, blah, blah. And my dad had to start praying for mercy too. Like, Lord, don't take them out like that. Like, you know, I still need, you know, I still praying for what I'm praying for, but you know, he didn't pray for destruction. He didn't pray for nothing. All he did was pray, Lord, deal with the situation and God dealt with it according to him and that's why you know he started to pray for more mercy like you know people multiple like there's multiple times and god my dad started to be like okay i'm gonna start praying for a little bit more mercy not necessarily you know that god doesn't deliver him from the situation because this is a prayer of deliverance right here with david but my dad started to pray like a little bit more for mercy you know because he doesn't want to see people die or to get sick or you know always get fired or whatever but like i said many of those were it was very detrimental for a lot of the people like very most of the time sickness and death that happened and he didn't pray for that but like i said god will always reward people according to their acts especially because he 
always judge Justin, not because he doesn't just know the action, but he knows the intent behind action. And he knows the future intent of that person as well. He knows if the person is going to change or never going to change. He also has the ability to harden and soften hearts. And that's why his judgment is always just. And it's not a bad thing either. And I, per- I hope I get an episode just to talk about the judgment of God. And I've talked a lot about it in this episode alone. But let's continue. So, verse 11. Slay them not, lest they forget thy law. Scatter them by thy power. What did I just say? He didn't even pray for their death. He wasn't praying for their death. He was just praying for judgment. And what did I just say? My dad even learned, you know, just he he don't want people to die. You know, this is it's so funny that I even mentioned that because I didn't even read that next part. But it was very funny that I mentioned that. So anyways, picking back up, verse 11, slay them not lest they forget thy law, scatter them by thy power and bring them down. O Lord, my defender for the sin of their mouth and the word of their lips, let them be even taken in their pride. Pride comes before the fall. Verse 13 and for their cursing and falsehood shall utter destruction be denounced. They shall fall by the wrath of utter destruction and shall not be. So shall they know that the God of Jacob is Lord of all of the ends of the earth. Pause. They shall return at evening and be hungry as a dog. Go round about the city. They shall be scattered hither and thither for meat. And if they be not satisfied, they shall murmur. But I will sing to thy strength and in the morning will I exalt in thy mercy. Remember how I talked about there's a direct correlation between praise and judgment. Praising God is what God desires. And one of the things I talked about is how I really desired to make an episode about Thanksgiving and praise and goodness and some different other topics, too. And I believe I will. But it's very important that we keep an attitude of praise even when it's things in judgment that we see, we don't agree with people's stubbornness, which is called idolatry. Stubbornness is idolatry. Rebellion is witchcraft because it's manipulating around the ways of God, not the structure of people, because Revelation preaches against the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which is the separation between the common people and the priest. God did not set it up in such a way to where these people are basically God. No, there's one shepherd. There's one person and God still has his order. I'm not saying that there's no order, but we are all children of God. And if we're doing the way of God, that is the way. But he, he did not desire for there to be a VIP section. That was not the will of God. That was never the will of God. We are all, if we are born into the one spirit, all are supposed to be priests and kings. And like I said, that doesn't mean that nobody's going to be an overseer and there's not going to be different roles that are played. But it doesn't neglect the fact that this isn't the way that it's supposed to be. But anyway, like I said, there's a direct correlation between praise and judgment in the sense that we need to keep praising God, even learning to be like Job. Job's judgment was much shorter when he just praised the Lord and he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. But when it when it got really deep, he kind of lost sight of that and he started complaining a little more. He still had a lot of revelation, but he didn't really have that attitude of praise like he did at the beginning. Even after all that judgment, he still had a lot of praise. But then when it really started to get to him, then it was just like, oh, wow, 
he lost that praise. And that's why we need to keep an attitude of praise and not to bring evil report. That doesn't mean prophecy that people don't like, because a lot of times prophecy is not going to be something people like, but it's going to be edifying because it's prophecy is always meant to edify. In other words, it's meant to bring true peace, true agreement. That's what peace means is agreement with God. And in that peace, in that wisdom, because wisdom is always synonymous with building, check out men of valor, principles of wisdom. I go deeper into that. But like I said, uh, and I'll probably put a link in bio since I just mentioned that too. But like I said, uh, the point of prophecy is to edify, which means it's going to build a breach back. So you may not like it in the moment, but it's going to build the protection of God back into your life. So no matter if it's a rebuke, if it's reproof and exposing something, if it's just edification and exaltation, you know, whatever it is, it's always going to be to the glory of God. So there's not that's not what evil report means. Evil report means I don't believe God's going to do what he's going to do, whether it's good or bad. I don't believe God's going to do. I, I, I'm speaking evil against what he said. I'm speaking contrary to the will of God or I'm complaining about what God is doing right now. That is where you're going to get in trouble. So no matter what happens, no matter how much pain happens, you have to learn to love God in spite of your circumstances. And I'm glad this year has been the year where I've learned to do that. And it's been one of the hardest years of my life. And it's not in a lot of it's not some of it is my fault, but a lot of, like this year has been the first year to where it's been like, okay, you know, it's not that I'm a, an, a I don't want to say a perfect person. I, 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 while I'm talking about this, we need to be more careful about our words. I can put a link to an etymology app because it's very important for us to understand the meaning of the words that we say. The life and death is in the power of the words of our tongue. And also we can have whatever we say. And I don't mean that in a manifestation way. We do not manifest anything. All I'm saying is if we speak destruction into our own life, even against the will of God, the devil will try to use those words. I'm not talking about manifestation. We don't manifest our own blessings. So if you are speaking things and things are coming to you, it's and you're not doing it through God. There's another spirit that is working on your behalf, which means you're in rebellion and you're in witchcraft. So either way, it's true because the Bible is true. But it's very important that we do it through God and that we pray for the will of God and we have understanding it says, I pray that you have understanding of what the will of God is in the New Testament. So we need to make sure that we have understanding of what the will of God is as we pray for different things. But like I said, having an attitude of praise, belief in God, declaring your trust in God, and no matter what the situation is, is very vital for the things of God to come to pass. It's very vital that we live to see his word not return void because his word's not going to return void, but that we live to see it. And that will be a part of it because the children of Israel died for their murmuring and complaining against God, not necessarily just about, you know, the different things that were going on in their life, but they didn't believe God. It wasn't about the evil, you know, that may have happened because those prophets that came and the people hated them because they were speaking like God's about to judge this place. And what were they doing? Murmuring and complaining, not against the one that was so-called not being optimistic because it's not about being optimistic or being pessimistic. It's not about being negative or positive. It's about, am I in alignment with God? That's what it's about. So praise, correct praise, a real praise, not a pointless praise, not a, I'm speaking well with my lips, but vain in my religion. It preaches so much against the, in the old and new Testament, but 
with real intent, not even with bl- not meaning that you're flawless. But like I said, it's very important that we know the Bible says we're supposed to become perfect and we're in the perfecting process, which means complete. So as long as we are complete in God, we're in the will of God. We need to get completely in the will of God. That doesn't mean we'll be flawless. That doesn't mean we will never mess up. But don't say I'm not perfect. Don't speak that over yourself because you'll never feel complete. You'll never be complete if you keep speaking that. So it's very important that we know what we're saying. So, like I said, we need to make sure that we are in agreement with God, that we are praising God and understanding what it means to praise God and not doing so pointlessly. And that is how, according to Psalm 149, and I believe also Psalm 50 as well, that is how the executive, the execution of the judgment of God happens. So. I'm going to finish up this chapter, verse 16 again, but I will sing, singing with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's a point to that. It's not about to talk just about our circumstances, but ultimately God needs to get to the praise out of it. That doesn't mean we can never sing about our situation, but if we're just singing, we fall down over and over again. If we're singing these, we fall down type of songs. And I really like that song. I'm not going to go as far as to preach against that song and say, you can't sing. We fall down and we get up. There may be a time where somebody needs to hear that song. But when we're singing these, I'm falling into sin type of songs, but God's grace is still with me, but I'm still falling into sin. No, you need to turn that off. That song is a seducing spirit pretending to be gospel, pretending to be contemporary music or pretending to be something else. And it's it's not of God. The praises of God are going to bring us into obedience and to preach the word that it says. So it's not that we can never talk about our situation, but we need to make sure that this is something that is bringing glory to God at the end of the day. And not glorifying ourselves, because that's what a lot of our music has become nowadays. So let me finish this chapter. Let me let me finish this chapter. So verse 16, but I will sing to thy strength and in the morning I will exalt in thy mercy, exalt in the mercy. Okay, for thou hast been my supporter and my refuge in the day of mine affliction. Thou art my helper to thee, my God. I will sing. Thou art my supporter, O God, and my mercy. So he's not only our truth, he is our mercy. And the mercy was emphasized in the Old Testament with the law that we so-called preach against, even though Jesus said that the law will not pass away. And he said it's good for a teacher, not only to teach the law, but to practice it for one who teaches and does not practice the law of God. It says, Jesus said this is least in the kingdom of God. So I'm not going to say that people are going to hell because they did not follow every law, every statute. And the thing is, we need to read it in its context as well. But we write off a lot of things that God did not desire for us to write off. And I don't care what people have to say about it. You can go ahead and rebuke. You do not have to agree with nothing I said, because I don't even care. My opinion is I don't care. My natural flesh opinion is I don't care. You do whatever you, your heart wants to do and desires to do. That's a devilish philosophy. Like that is literally the whole of the satanic law. So if you move with that mindset, that's demonic or what Jay-Z has to say, do what thou wilt. I mean, not do what thou wilt. That's the satanic version. Uh, King James Satanic version of the Bible, but let's modernize it. Let's do the NLT Satanic Bible. Okay. Do what you want to. Yes. That's a Satanic philosophy, but that was my original opinion. And really, if I'm honest, if you could take the Bible away today, that would be my opinion today. I don't care what you do, but my goal is 
to inform you so that you know, because it says for a watchman, the blood is on your hands. If you saw it and you didn't say nothing about it. So the point of saying it is saying it in love to the edification of everyone to preserve the peace, to look ahead of time, because my type of love and this has happened so many times in my life. Basically, almost every time, except for the one that happened most recently and whatever happens with that, it's not about that. I don't really care. But most of the relationships I've had in my life to where I've had to, you know, unfortunately sever the constant connection with people, almost every single one of them, every single one, except for, like I said, the very most recent one, which happened very recently. And it doesn't have to happen like this. But like I said, every single one has came back and been like, hey, you know. I really appreciated what you said. You know, they really saw the intent of what I said. And, you know, even if they didn't yet necessarily change the way they operate or they still want to do whatever they want to do, you know, they learn to value that type of love. And that's the thing I have, a, I guess, after heaven, when you go to heaven type of love to where it's just like, you know what? You may hate me your, your whole entire life. You may never get a revelation, but I'm going to preach this word. And, you know, you may want to cut my head off. You may cut my head off. I don't care. You know, I do care, actually. I'm not just going to let you pull up and do that. Jesus said, gird your sword. He didn't just say, turn your cheek. He said, gird your sword. So I'm not just going to let you pull up and cut my head off. But, you know, say that happens and, you know, I become a martyr for Christ. You know, I don't care because God's going to let that happen. I'm not going to die before my time. But my prayer is forgive them for they know not what they do. My, the point of me bringing that up was not to bring condemnation because it said those who reject Jesus already bring judgment already bring destruction upon themselves because they rejected the truth they saw it and rejected him so like i said you can do whatever your heart desires the bible says you can do whatever you want he gave us the ability to do that okay but the reason why we need to say something about it is so you know that there's consequences to everything that you do and that's the main reason why i even take the time to say it especially if i really love you that's the only reason why i say whatever I feel led to say. And that's not to say that I am a flawless person, that I'll never make mistakes. I don't know. You know, like I said, you know, the right circumstances happen to me. I could be botched up. You know, I think I've gone through all this and that and this year rolled around and who knows what the rest of my life has ahead. And, you know, there's there's times, you know, you counted the cost. You know, I might have to give up my life for this gospel. I might have to do this and that. But when stuff really starts to happen, it's like, Okay, I counted more costs than maybe some other people or what I did earlier in my life. But did I really count this cost for real, though, when certain things start to happen? Did I really count this cost for real? Do I really desire to keep serving God when I desire when I figure out this and this happened to me or this and this is going to happen or this or this is required? And I didn't realize it required this much or it was going to. But I've already committed this far. You don't know. That's why I said it's very important that we learn not to condemn, you know, or to slander, speak falsely against people and to be so evil. Because the thing is, the point of everything that God does is to bring restoration. He's in the business to restore from now and forevermore. So it's very important that even in the time when a rebuke comes, it's still the purpose is to do so with mercy, with meekness, with meaning that I could be in the same situation, hating the garment that is spotted with the fire. We don't want to fall. We don't desire to fall into the same sin, you know, and even helping people, we may get, you know, burned a little bit and we hate that part that is spotted. That's what Jude says. 
but we still need to do what God does desires for us to do. If we have to go firefighting for people in Christ, that's what we got to do. If God leads us, it's very important to do it with the leading and grace of God. But we got to hate even the effects that come from that, that kind of rub off on us a little bit. Shake the dust off your feet. Shake the ashes off your feet. He'll give you beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning. So, like I said, it's very important that we keep our words right, that we keep our mindset right, even in the time of destruction. And I have a feeling like I'm only going to end up reading two chapters today. And I'm really glad that I just went with what God had given me to say today with this specific episode because I did not know what, why I felt led to say anything that I said. But the way of God is going to come to pass and he's going to protect those who have integrity in him. That Because the thing is, people say only God can judge me. He will. And even then, that's not even necessarily true. And two, because the thing is, it's a natural thing to judge. And that's why I say that. It's not that, you know, you go around being nasty to people. That's not what I'm saying. But it is a natural instinct. That's part of the thing that God gave us that makes us more like him. It's the fact it, it, it says a spiritual man judges all things. Comparing properly the natural things, the natural things and the spiritual things of the spiritual. So if you don't have right judgment, that means you're not in the will of God Two, even if you're godly, the most ungodly person in the world, somewhere in between, you're going to judge to give somebody a compliment is a judgment. Everything you do half the time is a judgment. We give judgments all the time throughout the day, picking the ice cream you wanted. That's judgment, too. Like, that's why I said we need to get out of this polarized mindset that we've been programmed to do after the course of this world, after the program of this world, after the God of this world and get back right to the truth and get back right with Christ and do so in love, of course. So the next passage of scripture I have here is in Jeremiah chapter 15, starting with verse one. And it says the following. Then the Lord said unto me, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, and this is reading in the KJV, just the normal one, even though the other one is basically the same exact thing in the KJV. But anyways, verse one, then said the Lord unto me, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind cannot be toward this people, cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass if they say unto thee, whither shall we go forth? Then Thou shalt tell them, thus saith the Lord, such as are for death to death and such as for the sword to the sword and such as for the famine to the famine and such as for the captivity, captivity to the captivity. I think it's interesting. This is kind of popped in my mind, but Romans eight, you know, 28, 29, it talks about those equality, you know, justified and it talks about, you know, the predestination. There's places where we're already headed. So. And a lot of times it's based off of our actions. So what what are you acting like today? That That's one thing right now, even in this moment, and I'm going to continue to read. But examine what course are you on? Because when that day of visitation comes, there's no change of course. You're going to get flung to the end of that course. So make sure you're not on the course of death. Not every error, sin, is unto death, according to John, 1 John, I believe, chapter 5. I think it's the last chapter. But meaning not every error, not every mistake you make is unto death, but some are. So it's very important that we get off these courses, get off the course of death, get off the course of the sword, get off the course of the famine, 
Make sure that you're in the right course because you may have mercy for a little bit. He's patient waiting up until the last moment. I think according to second Peter, I will want to say chapter two or three, but it talks about how God is patient. He's waiting for the judgment for the sole purpose of waiting until people make that decision, waiting up until the very last moment he can to slam the gavel down and bring the judgment down. So it's very important that in this time of patience that we, God is patient. We need to be patient too, but make sure that we wait on the Lord. We continue to serve him like a waiter and stay there and don't get out of that position and continue in his way. So then when that judgment comes that we don't lose the blessing and faint and become weary right before he's about to give us that promotion, right before he's about to get us to that next place to bring us over the river of Jordan into the land of milk and honey that promised the place stay in covenant, especially in these times, things are about to happen. And I've been saying it for years, but there's judgment coming judgment and reproof coming even within the church, you know, even within individual lives. And that doesn't, you know, I'm not excluded from that. Okay. I've been saying that, but I feel like this is the year, even within the next few months that we're going to see this stuff come to pass. And the thing is we have the church and we have the whore that calls herself the church, but it's not the church because the thing is people get one. Here's another theological thing that a lot of people lie about. And I'm not going to go too deep into this because, you know, with your natural understanding now, it won't necessarily make sense. Because there's things that are lied about if you don't haven't studied everything out. But one thing people would say is the church is the new Israel or the church is, you know, in Israel, two different covenants. And it's not because even in the New Testament, when you read like Stephen, when he described the church, Stephen, when he was getting stoned, the church was Israel, Jerusalem, that same bride, the same saints, the same holy ones, saints separated people on this earth in flesh and blood the same ones the point is god is expanding that to all people because he promised to abraham that all nations would be blessed so acts it's very popular for people to say that it's the birth of the church but it was not the birth of the church but it was rather the pouring out of the spirit first to the jew then to the gentile now notice what group of people you know do you notice at the head of every trend, you know, what type of stuff, you know, that's the type of the point is the main point I was trying to make there because I noticed me going down a tangent, but the main point I was trying to make there is even in the old Testament, he, he didn't, he does not have favorite persons. He does not have respective persons, but he does have an order of things of how it works in the flesh and even in the natural, both in the spiritual and the natural and the spirit. The point is in acts, everything became the same in the spirit, but everything in the flesh is still going to work in the flesh the way it's supposed to work until heaven and earth pass away. And there's all things become new until that happens. The things that are happening in the flesh are still going to happen. That includes racism. That includes a lot of different things that are going to happen. But the point is to renew us in the spirit. And that's why it's important for us when we are born of the spirit to know no man after the flesh, because that's not going to be the principal thing that matters. But it will still matter until the end of time, the end of everything that happens in Revelation and things are reset, renewed, reconciled all the way back to God's per perfect will. I know I said a lot right there, but the point is, is that the 
the church is not a new thing. It's a people. It's not an organized structure. I talked about the Nicolaitans. It's not about going to a building. It's not about going to a mega church, a business ran by fools that are greedy, ran by ignorant people who are wicked. It's not the point of church. The church is a people. It's a spiritual being. Okay. And it's in submission completely to the words of Jesus. So it's very important that we get in line with him. And I know I said a lot right there, but I'm going to get back. The point is be ready for the time of judgment and some judgment is about to come to pass very soon. So verse three, and I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to tear, the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. And I will cause them to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth because Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Israel. For who shall have pity upon thee, O Jerusalem, or who shall bemoan thee? Now, pause real quick. You remember what I was mentioning about how the church or Jerusalem, Israel, whatever you want to call it. And like I said, not the political state of Israel. That's new. That did not exist even like a hundred plus years ago. That is not what I'm talking about. Okay. But Jerusalem, it's a heavenly thing, like cutting out all the flesh and worldliness to it. It's a heavenly thing. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem. You're praying for heaven. You're praying for thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's what you're praying about. It's not about a specific place and justifying bloodshed and war. You know, it's not about free Israel, free Palestine. It has nothing to do with that. And really, like I said, that ain't even real. None of that even real. If you do any research, basic research on that, you'll figure out that all of it is fake. All of it is false and all of it ain't even real history. But like I said, there's scripture that talks about praying for the peace of Jerusalem, the agreement with heaven. That's what it's talking about. Peace is about agreement, you know, and even silence is a form of agreement, which I'll go into that more in a different episode. But peace is what Jesus is about. The Prince of Peace. So when we're praying for this, like I said, concerning the church, the church was Jerusalem. The church was Israel. The church were the people. And like I said, even in the Old Testament, people were becoming strangers and proselytes and different things and eventually merged into that people even before the pouring out of the spirit. But now we have a spirit to where we can, we can become one in the spirit. We can become one soul. That's what God desires for us is to become one. And it's very important that we pray for the will of God in that sense. But yeah, like I said, the point of me bringing that up is to further emphasize the point that these, this isn't talking about two different brides. It's only one virgin bride that the Bible ever talks about. And this is also applying to the church today. So when it, when you read about stuff like Jerusalem, if you are born of the spirit, all that stuff is applying to you in the spirit, not necessarily in the flesh. Like I said, it's very important that we divide between what we get in the flesh versus what we get in the spirit. But everything in the spirit that applies to Israel, you know, like I said, as far as not every single little thing, but like I said, a lot of the stuff, that's part of the reason why we still need to read the Old Testament is because we've became a part of the church, Israel. It's not two separate things. But like I said, continue to pray on that one revelation on that one on your own 
and may make episodes on that on this podcast, may do it on a different platform. But like I said, I'll continue on verse five for who shall have pity upon thee, O Jerusalem or who shall bemoan thee or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest. Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord. Thou art gone, gone backward. Like I said, read this in the context of the church, because that's what the church is. Jerusalem is the church and anybody born of the spirit is spiritually part of this now. So if you're judging the church, judgment starts in the house of the Lord. Okay. So thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord. Thou art gone backward. Therefore, will I stretch out my hand against thee? What a fearful thing it is to be in the hand of the Lord. Now, the hand of the Lord can bring blessing or destruction, as we see here. I will stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. Now, how are we getting God to repent? That's so backwards. That's so backwards. God's not going to change. That's what repentance means is change. God has no variance. He does not change. Malachi chapter three talks about it. First um, Corinthians 14 talks about it. I believe it's it's a James chapter one, verse 17, I believe that says our God is the father of lights whom there's no variance or changing. So any of that variance, it's not talking about variances from traditions of men. The way of God never changes. Not one jot or tittle from the law has changed. A lot of things have not changed and it's not popular, but I do not care. I do not care. I do not care, but I love you. And I pray that you pray on it and don't take my word for anything that I say, but you pray on it and that you read it for yourself. So apply this. This is the church. And God said, I'm weary with repentant. I'm weary of waiting for you to change. And even if anointed people pray for you and anointed witnesses pray for you, it's not going to stop my judgment after so much time. Okay. Destruction is coming. That's what the point is. Verse seven. And I will fan them with a fan in the gates of the land. Judgment starts in the house of God. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. Their widows are increased to me above the sand of the seas. I have brought upon them against the mother of the young men, a spoiler or or a thief, a plunderer, a robber, which is always a sign of someone who is working wrong in the spirit, someone evil working in the spirit as well. It talks about that in the New Testament as well. Anyone who does not go through the doorway of Christ is a thief or a robber, a spoiler. So that means some spiritual stuff is about to happen. I will send a spoiler at noonday in broad daylight. Okay. I have caused him to fall suddenly and terrors upon the city. Now, remember the seven sons of Sceva, broad daylight, demons prevailing over people who are supposed to be anointed. Why is that? Because you're not in the will of God and God's tired of it. That's when that happens. All this mental health stuff. And like I said, there's kind of the threefold, you know, the soul, the spirit and the flesh. But there are hierarchies. It's not just that simple. It's not just a trinity. Like I said, God's not a trinity. It, the more you go, there's more depth and depth and more facets to it. And that applies to us as well. And we know the soul is in the blood. Life is in the blood. The blood flows through your heart. It flows through your mind. But it talks about the spirit of your mind, which means our spirit, not the Holy Spirit necessarily, but our spirit is within our mind. 
So it goes kind of like computer science. There's that inner kernel and then there's the outer shell. So things go deeper and deeper and deeper into the deepest area with their spirit and our nervous system and all that stuff. So it's scientific stuff to it too. But like I said, within our mind, that is where God wants to make the desires to make these changes. It's very important that we renew our mind. And in this age, we've talked so much about blind faith and that's demonic. That's a doctrine of devils. God's way is to bring revelation. It brings more sight, commandment, obedience. The children of disobedience are blind leading the blind, even within the religious hierarchy, which isn't even necessarily the way God designed it. Blind leading the blind, blind leading the blind. But what I was emphasizing, renewing the spirit of your mind, getting more understanding. Like I said, Understanding you're not going to understand everything, meaning that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. So when we're in agreement with God and we're following his commandments, we can see beyond what we see in the flesh. So we may not understand exactly how things are going to pan out, but we know as long as we stand way where we are on this course, when that gavel hits the floor and it's time for revelation, it's time for reproof and exposing when it's time for this and that we are on that right path that such as are to death, to death, such as to the sword, to the famine. That's where you're headed when that happens. Okay. But when your mind is in that right space, you have the peace of God. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel necessarily happy or a good emotion all the time, but you know, deep down within I'm in the will of God. That's what that means. Okay. And like I said, the mental renewing the spirit of your mind, God desires for us to go beyond just the spirit only did not just praying in the spirit and, but with understanding. So there's a difference the mental level of your soul is the closest thing to the spirit show level of you, not even the spirit of God, the spiritual level of you. And that's an area where God deals with much in the old and in the new Testament. And I say that because we have mental, mental health crises, which is a part of psychology, the study of the soul. And they have no cures. They have no cures. They only have diagnosis. Okay. And not everything they do there is right. But that's where the demonic is prevailing in our mental health. Even the secret mental health problems that most people have today, partially because of social media, which I preach against. But like I said, that just because you have social media does not mean that you have mental health problems. But most people do not know how to control it. Most people do not know how it's affecting them, how it's making them selfish, how it's making them think that they have friendships. That's part of the reason why so many people in my generation feel lonely and don't even know how to be by themselves because when you're by yourself, but you're with God, you're never alone because one could put a thousand to fight. Okay. And that doesn't mean that we need to be alone or to seek to be alone. But if we have to walk alone for a moment, if we are in covenant with God, we will get through it. And Elijah had to walk alone for a moment and he felt like he was all alone, but he wasn't alone in the spirit. He was not alone. So he may not have had anybody physically that he felt like he could connect with at that moment. And eventually he did again. But we need to walk in that perfect will of God. So we need to renew the spirit of our mind to make sure that we are not like the seven sons of Sceva who have a form of godliness, but lack the power thereof. Therefore, we are getting conquered, not just in the open daylight, but even in our private lives, which everything that is done in secret will be shown openly at some point. Okay. And that goes for me too. There's the bad things that I did. And one day it's going to get reproved and I'm just going to have to accept that. I'm, and the thing is, even with David, when he got reproved, okay. When David got reproved, what did he do? Saul, when he got reproved, he did not repent. And he was so worried 
that he didn't even ask for the mercy of God. He was so worried about himself that he said, okay, at least make me look good in front of the people. That's what he said. But David, when he was caught red handed and cold and even judging against himself with the analogy, he said, you know what? Lord, forgive me. I was wrong. And that's what we need to learn to do. The best thing you can do. That's why he said, be either hot or cold, not lukewarm, not confused, not revolting. That word confusion, confusion, not confused, not mixing the holy with profane, not mixing psychology and the spirit together, not mixing natural soul psychology with the spiritual things that are foolishness to man or foolishness to God. They don't actually go together. And it's, it's a little bit deeper than that level of the flesh. That natural level is a little bit deeper than the level of flesh. And I'll go into that in another episode. But like I said, there's that water, blood and the spirit, flesh, soul and spirit. So anyways, like I was saying, the point is we need to make sure that we have our minds gird up our minds. As the Bible says, be sober and gird up your mind. Don't be drunk. Be watchful and prayerful. Okay, it's a mental thing. Do not ignore the mental. God's will is not for us to have mental health issues. That is not the will of God. You are out of the will of God. That's what that means. It's a clear indicator that you are very out of the will of God. That doesn't mean you'll never suffer, that you'll never be sad. Okay. That doesn't mean that you'll never even feel any sort of anything bad for a long time or even be in a state of that. But as long as you're in the will of God, you will not have that overwhelming mental health issue to where you're depending on drugs and not on God. That's not the will of God. You're depending on witchcraft. That's what you're depending on. Okay. Pharmakia. It's witchcraft. The drugs are witchcraft. Not just the drugs. Pharmakia goes beyond that. It's songs. Okay. It's charms, different items, all those different things. Pharmakia is bigger than just drugs. That's the only way people like to talk about it. Um, the few people that do talk about it, that's the only way people like to talk about it. No, it's bigger than that. It's charms, it's songs, and a lot of other things that are included in that word pharmacon. And that's how Jezebel operated, who was ignorant. Mental health issues, okay? That's a whole separate one for free. Destruction in your mental health issues. Destruction in your mental level, which means brokenness in your spiritual level. He allows the destruction to hopefully save you because a broken and contrite heart is what God desires. That's why he's allowing this mental health issue to go. And the thing is, if you're too prideful to acknowledge that and you're too prideful to go and see God after all that, God will allow you to be destroyed. But if you will allow this judgment to come and you didn't get taken out from it immediately because God saw a little bit of the intent of your heart and said, maybe he'll change. Maybe she'll change. Maybe they'll change because they're too confused to know who they are. Okay, but you're still here or she. Okay, I don't care. Listen, because I love you. Listen, it's the point of this brokenness is so you will realize my spirit is broken. I'm not in the will of God. The destruction, even destruction, is profitable for a child of God or someone who's gotten away from God or someone who doesn't even know God yet but has the potential to. Okay. God will judge you according to the intent of your heart as well. Not only by that. He knows your heart. He knows it's deceitful and wicked. Your heart will find a way to justify your sin. Not every sin, your sin. And everybody has some. But we need to make sure that we get into that perfect path. Perfecting of our mind. Through love. First, what do I always say? John 14, 15, 15, 14 says the love of God is obedience. So that love of God is also the peace following after the way of peace, following after the way of agreement to God. Okay. 
the then we can start to rebuild the walls. Okay, and I'm going to talk about peace in another episode, hopefully very soon. But that's when we start to get built up again is when we acknowledge where we were at and are humble and repent. When we are humble and we repent, we turn to God because the Bible says it's our iniquities that separate us from God, meaning that we have separated ourselves from God. God's hand is not too short. We're in a place to where we've decided to hide from God. Like Adam and Eve, when they bit and got from the tree of knowledge and got an evil, what did they do? They hid from God. And the thing is, you spiritually may be too blind to know that you were the ones that, that hid from God and God didn't hide from you. So even when you're praying and you are desiring to get this state, spiritual state of shame, when the Bible talks about shame, it's a spiritual state that is the opposite of grace of God. Even if demons are helping you get what you want, you are in a spiritual state of shame. It doesn't mean you feel ashamed. You're in a spiritual state of disgrace. That's what that means. Okay. So it's very important for us to understand what this time of destruction means. And even if it hits you and you are on the wrong path, if you're not totally destroyed, a righteous man gets up seven times it may fall seven times but gets up okay so if you're still alive that means god saw a little bit of the intent of your heart even if it's just the slither sliver okay he can still use that so that's the point of this destruction that's the revelation of destruction we're going to finish this this chapter though we're not going to ignore the rest of this so let's continue so he's going to fan through the land he's going to destroy even his children his people okay well he said i'll bereave them of children so he'll bereave their offspring and he will destroy his people. Even if they once knew his ways, they departed from it since they returned not from their way. So you had an opportunity to repent by the time this happened. So you can't blame God. God already gave you a chance. OK, so now it says verse eight, their widows are increased to me above the sand of the seas. I brought upon them against the mother of the young men, a spoiler at noonday and have caused him to fall upon it and suddenly and terrors upon the city. Like I said, not being in the will of God, the demons will prevail in your life. The fallen angels will prevail. The principalities will prevail in your life. Now, there's times when Jesus will give allowance, and that happened in Job, even when you're in the will of God, for the demon to, the devil to mess with some of your stuff. There's sometimes where God will allow that to happen. So that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, just because the devil's been allowed to do anything in your life that you're not in the will of God only. But most of the time, it is an indicator because most of the time we're not in the will of God. And most of us are not in the will of God. If you still sin and if you're still watching things, God doesn't want you to watch. It's probably your fault. So, and that goes for me too. I still need to work on stuff. Okay. So verse nine, she that hath born seven languisheth. She hath given up the ghost. Her son is gone down while it is yet was yet day. She hath been ashamed and confounded. And the residue of them will I deliver to the sword before their enemies, saith the Lord. What was me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth? I have neither lent on usury, nor have men lent to me on usury. Yet every one of them doth curse me. The Lord said, Verily, it shall be well with thy remnant. Rarely I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. Thou shalt shall iron break the northern iron and the steel. Thy substance and thy treasure will I give to the spoil without price. 
that for all thy sins, even in all thy borders, and I will make thee to pass with thine enemies into a land which thou knowest, knowest not, and a fire is kindled in mine anger which shall burn upon you. Jesus is light. He is the word. He is light. He is fire which burns and it brings destruction. When he tests something, it brings destruction or it brings light. It depends on where your alignment is. If you're a lamp and you're holding a lamp, you're anointed. The fire is going to be for your benefit. But if you're something that is built with something that's combustible, it's going to get destroyed. But if you're a child of God, even when stuff gets destroyed in your life and everything gets destroyed in your life, if you're still a child of God and God still sees something in you and you still have enough humility in that time, even though everything is burnt, be grateful because, and I had a dream about that and it happened to me. Okay. A lot of stuff got burnt up within the past year. Okay. Because I was disobedient in small areas, not blatant sinful areas. It was simple as not leaving group chats that were with Christian people that were edifying. And we did Bible studies in. it was as simple as not listening to God in that area because God knew what was going to come out of that. And I didn't listen. Okay. And I had dreams of stuff getting burned up and, you know, connections to people getting messed up and it was my fault. But like I said, God's going to kindle a fire. Okay. That's what the word says. And verse 15, this is Jeremiah's personal lament. Oh Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me. Visitation is usually synonymous with judgment. And revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Thy word was unto me a joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sat not in the assembly of mockers, and like I said, mockers is not always necessarily people who are mocking the will of God. A lot of times it's talking about those with the reprobate mind that are mocking in the sense of they're mimicking the ways of God, but they're not doing the ways of God. So it's not just people who are blaspheming and doing it on purpose, but some mockers are doing it still on purpose, but not necessarily like they're imitating the real thing. That's what that means. Okay. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuseth to be healed? Wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar and as waters that fail? Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's assurance to Jeremiah, verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord. If thou return, then will I bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vile, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. This is kind of like one of them Abraham and Lot moments to where God told you what to do. And he even gave you the prophecy to tell the other people, but there's going to come to time to where you might still have to separate yourself. Be not partakers with them. Separate yourself. It says it so many times in the old and new Testament, because it's all a cohesive unit. The word of God doesn't contradict or change. 
It all goes together. Okay. So, like I said there, there's going to be times to where you might have to separate from everything you knew, even if it was right for a period of time, because there's so many times with wishy-washy Israel. We're doing right. We're doing wrong. We're doing right, doing wrong. But we need to make sure as individuals, we know what's right. We read the word. Make sure you know the word enough to know what's right or wrong, because wrong could look right. It could look right because Satan can make himself an image of light and his ministers, ministers of righteousness. Okay, but we need to make sure we have that discernment. Not even that just comes from the spirit, from knowing the word enough to be like, no, this ain't right. Okay, so like I said, verse 19, therefore, thus saith the Lord, if thou return, then I bring thee again and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. And I will make thee unto this people a fence brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee. So people aren't going to like you and agree with you, even if you're moving with all the love that you have. People are going to tear you up, try to tear you up. Okay, that'll happen. But they shall not prevail against thee. Even Psalm 19 or even Psalm 51, which is one of my favorite Psalms, because I messed up so many times in my life that I need to keep reading that Psalm like David, because he sinned so many times throughout his life. Not always, not a lifestyle sin, but fell multiple times and even just failures of the heart, failures of the mind. Not not even those big sins. He's still so-called big sins. He still continually prayed, Lord, forgive me. Lord, don't judge me according to my iniquity. Lord, I'm going to help me fix this. Judge me. You know, if I have to be judged negatively, judge me. I prefer your judgment over the judgment of people. That's the type of heart that he had. That's why it was that heart. His heart was right. God desires to renew our mind first and also our heart. Okay. So I will make thee unto this people of a fenced brazen wall. That means you have peace, okay, because you're in agreement with God and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee for I am with thee to save thee. And what was his prayer about in Psalm 59 deliverance? And I will to save thee and deliver thee, saith the Lord. Salvation is not only just about bringing someone out and rescuing, but part of the word salvation is healing as well. So healing to that brokenness, okay? And 21, and I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, the toilsome, the burdensome, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. So even in this moment of judgment, when everything is being destroyed, we need to make sure even in this very last moment, right up to the judgment that we get our heart right, because God allowed that to happen. And the Bible also talks about if you're doing righteous all the way up into the moment and you go to the path of wickedness, he's going to negate everything that you did. But if you and that's why I said, don't get weary, don't you faint. But I also said, if you do wicked all the way up to the point and you do righteousness in Ezekiel, it talks about then he'll forget and forgive your wickedness because of the change of heart. So don't allow your heart to be swayed. Don't allow your heart to be changed. Even if you mess up, even if you fall into sin or sin is done against you in any sort of way. And I know, you know, even coming out here, that was not a part of my plan for this summer to come out to North Carolina. And I left it, of course. But, you know, there's certain things even before I came out here that I've seen even concerning the down to the imagery. You know, like I said, you know, we need to learn that dreams matter. Visions matter. A lot of things. But dreams are something we get every day and we need to test the spirit of all of them. But we still need to pay attention to them. 
But like I said, go to the word for a lot of the stuff, because I had a dream, for example, even dealing with, you know, some of my family out here and stuff like that, like of a dog walking around trying, like, like I said, in that, like the verse said in Psalm 59, walking around trying to be destructive or whatever, you know, those images make sense. Those so-called riddles, dark sayings, they make sense if you know the word. And that doesn't just go for the dream on that goes for here in the real life, the manifestation of all of that. So there's some bad things that have happened. Period, not just in my life and those around me or things that are coming, whatever. But it's very important that we need to make sure that we stay on that path. And there's a lot of things that I've seen. And, you know, there's some things to where I don't know how to get away from it, but you still got to have love. Even for people who sin against you, even for people who, you know, before they sin against you, that this is about to happen. But you continually make sure that your heart is right with God, even in situations to where you couldn't control it. This bad has happened and it's gone full speed by us continually, even praying in your heart. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And even when people are destroyed, you, you still pray for mercy because that's what Moses and Samuel did. Even though they prayed, you know, God's still going to do what he's going to do because he's a just God. OK, so nothing is going to change what people deserve. People will always get what they deserve. Always. Always. It will always happen. Even if it felt like it didn't happen, I promise you it did. Even in history, it may look like it didn't happen. But I promise you it did. You don't know what the mental things people went through who have everything. But we're wicked people. God will always judge. You don't know how God gets the glory out of all of it, but he always will get the glory. So I only read a little bit of even some of the stuff that I had. And I didn't even this was not in me. This wasn't even I had something completely different. I thought I was about to talk about. This was very fresh. No notes, no nothing. And that's somewhere I pray that you can get to, to where you pray, get separated from the f everything, not just your social media phones, whatever. Play, make a place for God every day, no matter even if you sin. Here's my thing. Here's the thing I'll tell you. If you mess up, you fall into old sin, you fall into new sin. Something happens against you. Get up immediately. Stop wallowing in your sin and being like, oh, I, I might as well keep going down this path because blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, you might have tripped up later. You know, you thought you were walking good and then you the sin that so easily besets you, you didn't remove it or it hits you in a different way and you've messed up. OK, get right back up. Do not make a lifestyle out of that. Do not neglect your place of prayer, even if it feels like fire it may be fire. But and you make, you know, mess up, but go straight to your prayer closet. That's my word of encouragement and strength, because I know a lot of people who have ran well up to this point and have fallen and they feel like they can't get up. And that's part of the word, too, as well. There's a point for all the destruction that's happened in your life. And there's a point for the destruction that may be coming and the judgment of the God that comes. But the brokenness is for a reason. And God will break down everything until he gets to your core. And if that does not want to be fixed, then you'll be cast away. If you do not want to be fixed, then you will not be fixed. But God will break down every wall possible before it gets to that point. And that's the revelation of destruction. So as this episode comes to a close, let us pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, as even a potter, you may pick us up, turn us around, and sometimes you may pick us up and slam us on the ground. And that's happened to me many times in my life. (laughs) But, Lord, I pray, Lord, for this audience, Lord, that you would break the veil of deception, that you would quiet and silence and bind up and cast out by your fire, Lord, any seducing spirit, any false peace, and that your light would reprove and show where people really are at. For in the destruction of these different things that may be in people's life, that you would show them the way of peace and the way of mercy, that people would not be stubborn and hard hearted. But I pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon them. Every person listening to them and the people that they pray for, that your hand would go with them and the people that they pray for, and the people that they influence and the people that I influence, too, that your hand would be upon it and that you would change the heart that you would soften the heart even in the littlest bit because we know it is not your will that any man perish any man the wickedest man the worst man the murderer the people who did such vile and insidious sins it's not your will for them to die it's not your will and though you will always make justice go forth i pray lord that people will get this revelation of destruction to edification because it's always through your love for jesus's love Therefore, we submit to the love of the Father by submitting to you in your way. So I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and give us grace and strength to follow through in that. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Got tripped up at a few different points and didn't really you know, let anything really go out. But I really felt something this episode. And I know that this was for me. And there's some stuff I saw even in my life to where in this episode where it's just like, wow, you know, I'm not ready for that, but you know, that guy's will be done. So I pray that God gets your mind right in this situation. Whoever listens to this, cause I don't advertise this podcast very much anymore, but whoever listens to this, this was for you too. And you know, maybe share it, maybe not do what you feel like you need to do. Whatever God leads you to do with that. But I pray for everybody that listens to it and people who don't. And I pray that you all have a blessed day. And until next time, as always, God bless.